Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. This is our spring wrap-up. Actually, we're taping it today. It's Thursday. It's actually the first day of summer. So I'm a little late on the uh, spring wrap, but hey, you know, studio time is hard to find around here at ESPN. We're busy. Everybody's busy, even though this is the kind of the downtime for football. Everyone else at this place is busy. So I'm here to wrap up the spring for Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan, of course. You're ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over who impressed me and some of the Giants this spring. So it'll kind of be like my spring standouts, okay? And then we're going to have one of them on the show, quarterback Davis Webb. So you'll enjoy that, I'm sure, especially if you're a Giant fan because this is a guy – who has such intrigue. Like Nobody really knows what he can do in a game environment because he hasn't played in an NFL game. But there's hope. I mean, you see the skills. You see how the way he handles himself, the way he studies. And there's hope that he can be that quarterback that is a successor to Eli Manning. So we'll get to that in a few minutes. But let me just say, you know, as I list some of my spring standouts, I'm going to start with Davis Webb because you like what you see with the way he throws the football, the way he commands the huddle. And to me, the number one thing that I'm always impressed with when I watch Davis Webb play, and I'm not sure it's the first thing you most people would think of, it's his ability to throw the ball on the move. It's very impressive, especially for a guy his size. He's got to be like a good, what, 6'5", 220-ish, 230-ish. I mean, he's a fairly big guy. Well, he's a little on the skinny side, but he's a tall guy. But he moves pretty darn well. And, you know, I was poking around a little bit, and you look and you see, he ran like a 4.7 in the 40, I believe, at the combine, a 33-inch vertical. So he's a pretty good athlete. We'll talk about a little bit a little bit about that later, too. But just a solid spring. Every time we were there, it seemed like Davis Webb was making some nice throws and making some plays. Now, does it mean he's going to be 100% the new the next franchise quarterback of the Giants. I don't think anybody from watching spring practices pretty much in shoulder pads and helmets can jump and make make that make that leap and make that assumption. And I know there's people out there that like to do it. People are like everything I heard about Davis Webb, why do you think it wasn't the right move for them to draft another quarterback? I just want to be sure. I want to pound my resources at that position. And to me it's important it's the most important position in this game. So you want to put as much resources, basically, as humanly impossible into making sure that that position is set. Now, Davis Webby has a chance. What he showed this spring, it looked good. He made the transition quickly to Pat Shermer's offense. And you could tell he makes some special throws out there. He has that arm. Definitely the best arm out of the quarterbacks and the Giants uh, on the field for them. In practice, it's not even close. Now, he might make some more mistakes than Eli Manning at this point, probably mental mistakes, uh, even missed throws. Occasionally you'll see him throw, uh, I think if he misses, it's, he has almost too much heat on the ball sometimes and throws it high. Uh, he, he might explain that that has something to do with footwork. But, yeah, I liked what I saw from Davis Webb this spring. Made a lot of plays. So there's number one. And Saquon Barkley, there's another one. His Ability to catch the ball really stood out when he came and was drafted with the number two overall pick. You could tell linebackers, no chance. Safeties, no chance guarding this guy. He's going to be a complete mismatch. And the Giants, they know this. 
And he's playing on side as a wide receiver. He's in the running back. He's in motion all over the place. So you like what you've seen from Saquon Barkley to date. Granted, all this is early, but we're, we're evaluating what we saw in the spring. Odell Beckham Jr. I really liked what I saw at minicamp uh, last week right now. The mandatory minicamp, mid-June. Odell Beckham Jr. is running routes. He didn't participate in live drills. He's not going to go up against the defense. I don't see him doing that at any point until he gets that new contract or we're getting close to the season. He's not going to put himself at risk like that. It's not a good business decision. I've been talking about this for months. But you have to like how he's rebounded from that broken ankle. He was running routes at minicamp with Eli Manning. No defense, obviously. But it was impressive the way he was running and cutting it. It looked like he was back to his old self. And by that, you mean one of the explosive players in the NFL right now. So Odell Beckham Jr. definitely trending in the right direction, and we're talking physically. Everything else off the field, we'll have to wait and see and see how that pans out. But you liked what you saw at minicamp. Hunter Sharp is the other receiver that caught my eye throughout OTA's minicamp throughout the spring. Uh, He came to the team, what, midway through last year, something like that. A little bit on the smaller side receiver, but he made a bunch of plays. He has good speed. He was the guy to me that stood out more than Cody Latimer, who I saw drop a bunch of balls. So to me, Hunter Sharp, a guy I liked what I saw. He was running with the first team. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a real opportunity to be that number three three wide receiver on the Giants. Roger Lewis also. Every time we were there, Roger Lewis was behind Cody Latimer and Hunter Sharp this offseason, right? And there's a new regime, and he has to prove himself all over again. Roger Lewis. But he dominated when he was with the second team every time I was watching, making plays left and right. He just looked like he might actually be the best wide receiver uh, on this roster other than Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard. So to me, I liked what I saw from Roger Lewis this spring. He's a guy who can make plays in the NFL. He can get open. I know he struggled at times last year getting open, but I think he could get down the field. That's his number one skill. Getting down the field and making plays down the field, and you saw that this spring. Evan Ingram, good spring. Also, what I liked, he didn't. You did not see those drops that plagued him last year. So Evan Ingram, the second year tight end, obviously had a really good rookie season. Uh, I believe it was sixty plus catches, one of the most productive tight ends in the in the NFL, and definitely the most productive first round tight end, despite there being a few last year. So like what you see from him. On the offensive line, let me say this about linemen, too. Because I don't really evaluate, and and teams, it's hard to evaluate linemen. They're not doing drills with with full pads. So you're just going off what you see on the depth chart with linemen because I'm not going to sit here and say this guy played great and this guy didn't. That that, that time will not come until the summer and they put on the full pads and they start hitting. But John Jalapio was working as the first-team center all throughout minicamp, a guy who started last year, second half of the year, due to injuries at guard, He has made an impression on the new coaching staff and Dave Gettleman so much that he is now the favorite to start at center this season. So we'll see how that goes in training camp. He's still going to be in a competition with Brett Jones, but John Jalapio had a good spring. B.J. Hill, the rookie defensive lineman, third-round pick, he also worked his way into first-team reps throughout this spring. And Damon Harrison told the story, right, that he came, he wasn't around for most of the spring, Damon Harrison. 
or at least a good chunk of it. But when he came, his defensive line coach, the Giants' new defensive line coach, said to him, hey, watch this guy. He could play. He's a player. And Damon Harrison also reiterated he was, the time that he was there, and he saw this guy with B.J. Hill, third-round pick, NC State. He can play, so good spring for him. On the linebackers, I thought B.J. Goodson flashed at times, and I've always liked B.J. Goodson when he's healthy, makes plays. Remember that opener against the Dallas Cowboys when he was all over the field? You saw that version of B.J. Goodson at times this spring. And I know people aren't going to like this one because he's hung around, and I didn't think I would expect to be saying this either, but Mark Herzlick had a good spring. I saw him making a lot of plays as the second-string middle linebacker, uh, two inside linebackers in this new 3-4, and in the pass game. And after basically not – he didn't play at all last year. He was IR during training camp. So for Mark Herzlick to come – and catch my eye, it was a bit surprising for me. So I thought he had a good spring. And the final one, I'm going to go with one guy in the secondary that stood out to me. It seemed like the Giants coaches really like him. Curtis Riley. Okay, This is a guy who signed, I believe, for the minimum. Came from the Tennessee Titans. But he was receiving, and he, I think he played cornerback mostly there. He was receiving first-team reps at times, in part because of injuries. But he receiving first-team reps at safety. So Curtis Riley is definitely a player to watch. He, he didn't stand out either way that much, positive or negative. But, you know, when you're in the secondary and it's a passing camp and you're not getting passes thrown on you or getting beat, that's a positive. So I like the – I mean, the Giants look – I I like the from what the limited amount that I saw and it looked like the Giants liked what they saw from Curtis Riley. Now – Landon Collins didn't participate most of the spring. He had an arm injury. Darian Thompson sat out minicamp with a minor injury. So that opened the door a little bit for Curtis Riley, but he's definitely a player to watch for the Giants this summer. They're going to give him a real opportunity. And that free safety position in particular is open to a whole bunch of guys. Curtis Riley, Darian Thompson, Andrew Adams, uh, Michael Thomas, Orion Stewart. It's a free-for-all. Anybody has a shot, I believe, to win that starting free safety job. So those are the guys that really stood out to me this spring. But number one on my list there, who I started with, was was Davis Webb. We're going to have him on right now. We're going to talk to him. So on to the next one. So let's bring in one of the stars of the spring. It's a, You know, in my phone it actually says Davis Michael Webb, also known as a.k.a. the Dragon. You, you know that that's in your Wikipedia profile now, the Dragon? It is, no, it is literally no listed. It is literally <laughs> listed. Now, there's a lot of uh, mystery in the dragon nickname. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. So you're nicknamed the dragon and nobody exactly knows why. You're, you're happy with keeping it that way, huh? Uh, I think, uh, majority of my teammates know why. Uh, but they've, they've done a good job keeping it quiet. Eli's got to have to spoil the beans on that one. He gave it. He gave the nickname, so he's going to have to spoil the nickname one day. But uh, <laughs> right now, we're going to keep, we're going to keep it a secret. I, did, I was I was just surprised that I saw that in the Wikipedia profile. It, it, you know, you you could always, of course, just go and edit that out if you if you really wanted to. No, I'm a, I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> did, uh, it could be worse. Did you have other nicknames? What, what was the the was there a high school nickname or a college nickname or anything? Yeah, you know, my dad was always called Webbo growing up and. You know, so that's kind of what I was for a while. Webbo, D-Webb, 
You know, I've had I've had a lot of ones, uh, D Dub, but no, nothing along the lines of uh, Dragon. That was a uh, that was a first. I did not see that coming, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it does make it sense once you uh, once you uh, know the meaning behind it. But no one's gonna know the meaning behind it hopefully for a while. All right, so we have a quest now, right? So this is this is a goal. In the next few years, we have to unearth why you are called Dragon by Eli Manning. All right, yeah. deal. So that's yeah. Good luck finding out. <laughs> yeah, Eli is not an easy person to crack. I, I that that is definitely for sure. Uh, exactly. So, okay, you and Eli, and even Kyle in general, even though he came, you know, halfway along here this process. You sometimes you see guys in the spring quarterbacks and they're switching offenses, and even Eli last time. I mean, he was in an offense for a while under Kevin Gilbride and McAdoo came. And it was a total disaster, right? I mean, he was it was a huge change. And you could tell. You watched in the field. There was mistakes and, and interceptions left and right. And this spring, the two of you, it didn't seem like it was as big an adjustment for you guys. Am I, am I right in assuming that? Or how did it feel for you guys as the quarterbacks? No, I think there's definitely some adjustments. Um, you know, I, I know but for speaking for myself, you know, I still made – you know, three, I think, you know, three to four mistakes a day that can easily be corrected. But that's what practice is for. You know, it, it's, it, this is the time to do it. You know, no one else sees it besides yourself and your teammates and your coaches. So it's the time to correct it. And the biggest thing when you're learning a new offense and um, practicing for the first time, really, in OTAs and minicamp is just don't make the same mistake twice. And I think um, Eli made probably a handful full of mistakes throughout uh you know, 15 practices, you know, or 16 practices, three voluntary uh, mini camp, three mini camp, and then 10 uh, OTAs. I bet he only made five. I mean, he, he was lights out really the last uh, three weeks of practice. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing about him is he'll make a mistake, but he'll never do it again. And uh, that's something I've really learned um, and try to emulate in my own game and my own preparation. And, uh, you know, he's a huge help when it comes to that aspect. So this is – you're talking mentally, decisions where to throw? Like, what do you consider a mistake? I, mean, get, uh, I think I think it goes all over the place. You know, it can be mentally, like you said, making a decision with the football. Obviously, you want to take care of it. Uh, that's how you win and lose ball games. Or, you know, it could be footwork, the tiniest things. To, uh, maybe your your foot should be opened up at around 6 o'clock and your foot was at 8 o'clock and stuff like that. Um it could be little mistakes like that. It could be a protection element. It could, you know, misread of the defense. You know, they show you something pre-snap, but post-snaps, it's totally different. What about uh, missing you know, a throw? Does that count for you as a mistake, or is that just sort of uh, part of playing football yeah, I mean, you're not going to make yeah, every throw? Yeah, I think it's just part of playing football. For me, it's a mistake. Uh, I want to make. I want to complete every throw I, uh, I make. Uh, I know it's pretty hard to do, but, um, you know, that's just kind of who I am. But, yeah, that's definitely a mistake, but... Um, it's not like uh, you can't make that throw. It's not like you're, you know, if you miss a throw, you're like, okay, I can make that. You know, what, what do I need to do to make that next time? Right. So why is Davis Webb better, though? What, 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 what's better about you when you looked at yourself this spring? What was better than, let's say, I, I know last year you came in, it was a, you're just coming in. So what's better than maybe you now and you at the end of last year? I just think the biggest thing is I'm getting reps. Um, you know, I'm able to kind of watch myself in practice instead of watch myself not getting routes behind Eli, you know, doing fake throws and fake protection calls and, um, you know, just kind of trying to expedite as much as I could a year ago. Now I'm actually out there doing it. You know, I'm running the show and, and the huddle and, um, I'm able to, uh, you know, call the snap count and, 
you know, change protections, change plays, and um, actually throw the football to where I want to throw it. So um, I just think it's watching film of yourself and correcting and getting better and just getting reps, and that's how you get better, uh, especially in this league. I want people to understand what you're all about, right? So uh, give them a rundown of what your plans are, how you handle the offseason. I mean, not the offseason, these six weeks kind of, uh, and what your plan is because you told me already you don't even plan to really take much time off. No. So, so uh, tell yeah, me, you know, explain to people why you do that. Yeah, uh, the biggest thing is I do take a little time off. You know, I try to get away, so I'm I'm ready to go. I'm fresh. I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. But that's really let just, me interview uh, for one uh, second. Evan Ingram told yeah. me, and he, you told me this too. And I said, you know, we were talking. He said, yeah, you said you're going to get away. For Davis, that means what? He's going to go home and work with his dad. And that when yeah, you say get away, um, that is yeah, part of yeah, it kind right. Of. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting uh, away is that. going home, but still getting in work and watching film and stuff with your father. Yeah, I, I would say um, you know I, I really take I take usually the first week uh, we get off off you know so this week was kind of an off week you know I still work out through you know three times this week and worked out three times this week. So uh, three so times far. you threw in your off week. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's different. You know, it's, it's, it's an off week. There's always a difference. So. There's always something. I, yeah. This is this is why I wanted to bring this up. A hundred percent. Yeah, but this is an off week. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. I've only watched uh, a film one day this week. You know, I uh, I kind of just try to get away and hang out with some friends. You know, me and Evan are going to hang out this weekend, and I'm um, just kind of get away this weekend. But once Monday hits, um, that's off season is over. Uh, that's my vacation. So um, I'm going to go home. I think for a week in July and. But that's not really an off time. You know, I I, uh, I try to study as much as I can throughout my notes. I take throughout the fall camp and, or, I guess, summer camp, spring camp, and um, throw every day at my dad's high school and lift every day. And that's uh, – I'll, I'll, this week I really took it off um, just mentally. But uh, once I get – Well, your de- uh, definition of off is different, I think, than most people's definition of off. Yeah, it could be. You I'm could, taking, you I'm could taking, accept I'm that? I'm taking a small vacation. I'm taking a small <laughs> vacation with Evan and – uh, we'll, we'll hang out a little bit, but once once we're done with that, we're uh, I'm going five straight weeks and uh, getting ready for uh, training camp. We're all we're all very excited to get going. You brought up those notes that you take, right? These are these are there's a little uh, something with the notes that, that people talk about. It it's sort of like these these famous notes you take. Explain your note taking uh, process, kind of, or or, or why, how you go about it and why you do it. To the extent that you do, because they're they're uh, kind of taking on a life of its own. These notes, it's all I hear about is your notes. Yeah, um, yeah, I take a lot of notes. <laughs> you know, if something's said and I like it, and I like it, I'm going to take a note of it. You know, it helps you remember it better if you write it down. And um, really, every morning, um, I'll look, and every night, I look at that that day's notes and kind of try to put it in my memory bank a little bit, so I'm able to retain that information a little better. And, um, so, you know, I kind of go over each and every day of the notes I take from the defense to what was said by uh, Coach Shermer. You know, he'll always have two or three quotes a day that um, are kind of great um, to attack that day and how we should approach this week. And, um, you know, Coach Shula is the same way. Uh, and then Eli, obviously, you know, he's got plenty of stuff that uh, I've written down over the past year. So I try to just look over those notes every once in a while and re- so I can retain that information. And once uh, – a situation comes up, and I have a, uh, you know, I have a word or a quote or 
um, you know, a situation in practice where protection comes up and I'm able to, uh, you know, actually perform that at a uh, fast and efficient pace because I was able to study. So here's what we know about you so far, right? You don't take that much time off. You take a lot of notes. You're also a pretty good softball player, right? Four four yeah, home runs. Better softball player than a football player. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you play hockey too, right? You played hockey. Oh yeah, that that's that's still my favorite sport to watch. Um, outside of obviously football, um, that's yeah. Taylor Hall, congrats on the MVP. You know, we're we're excited for you up here in the uh, Northeast. Look at you! Look at you! The devils, right? I mean, the guys got throwing devils talk in here. I'm a Stars fan. I'm I know a you're a Stars fan, fan. but uh, I'm a big Taylor Hall fan. He's a, he's a heck of a player, and uh, it's it's always fun to watch him compete. I try to watch him as much as I can. So, did you play all sports growing up? I mean, what's what was what did you do growing up? Yeah, um, you know, I started out football's with obviously huge there, right? I mean, you're in Texas. Yeah, football. But I didn't start football until I was 13. So really, uh, yeah, huh. you know, I didn't. I, my uh, yeah, my dad was a big believer, and you know, not really doing football until you're you know you're properly coached and. You kind of learn from middle school coaches in Texas, you know, and um, just kind of learn the, the way of the game. You know, obviously I was at football practice every day and learning and throwing, but I didn't actually play football until I was 13, and I really wasn't very good until I was about 16, and I probably wasn't even that good then. You were so, one of those guys that hit that growth spurt out of nowhere? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you were, you, were uh, small, you were small or short I, you know, or average? I, I, or? I, I, I wouldn't say I was short. You know, I was, you know, above average height. You know, I was really skinny. Uh, but you know, I could throw it okay, but I just, uh, was growing into my body and, uh, continue to work and my body kind of came along and, uh, it all came together a little bit and, uh, continue to work. I still wasn't very good, but continue to work and, you know, got my first scholarship offer. And then, uh, you know, that's all the motivation I needed from then on. All right. So here's what we're going to do now, right? Real quick. We're going to do a word association. So I'm going to give you a word or phrase and you're going to tell me the first thing that comes into your head. All right. Okay. And it can't be, you know, just. Quick answers, a few few words or maybe one sentence, okay? Perfect, perfect. Pat Shermer's offense. Multiple. Odell Beckham Jr. as a teammate. Best hair on the team. <laughs> Living in New York, New Jersey area. Surreal. Why? Well, I just got home from running along the Hudson River. Um, so, uh, I get to see that view every day. So that's, uh, that's pretty surreal kid from Texas to see the, uh, the bright lights and the big buildings. Uh, I still know, I still don't understand how, how, how they put that many buildings that close together and that high. <laughs> <laughs> the New York Giants. Tradition. Best one in football. Your future. Um, unseen. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Ben McAdoo. Um, hell of a coach. And I know I've seen you. You went out with a bunch of teammates here. Salt Bay. Uh, great tomahawk steak. Yeah, really? You you enjoyed it? I love the tomahawk steak. Everything else was, uh, you know, it wasn't my favorite place to go eat in New York City, but the, the tomahawk was probably the best tomahawk I've ever had in my life. And was the show, uh, was, was the was show what you expected? Oh. Oh, it was a great experience. He uh, put on the show for us. A lot of salt was uh, thrown around. It was, it was a good time. <laughs> so salty meal. Got it. <laughs> yes. All right, man. Davis Webb, one of the stars of the spring. We appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. I appreciate having me, Jordan. 
All right, Davis Webb there dropping a whole bunch of knowledge on us. We'll learn a little more, I believe, about Davis Webb there. Some real interesting stuff. And now I'm going to go and we're going to turn the page a little bit, switch angles, a little Jordan on the beat. Uh, tell you a little story, and this is Davis Webb related because this is basically turning into the Davis Webb episode, right? So last year I go and Davis Webb's working out with Evan Ingram, and they're working out on the Weehawken football field, which if you ever drive into the Lincoln Tunnel, you see the Weehawken football field from uh, sort of an, an, an elevated view. So you know if you, you've been ever ever driven through the Lincoln Tunnel, which I assume a lot of you, if you're Giant fans, have driven through the Lincoln Tunnel, you know where that Weehawken football field is. And Evan Ingram's out there with Davis Webb, and they're working out, and I'm going, and it's maybe the first or second time I met him. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do a story on Davis Webb and sort of what that transition has been like to joining the Giants since the summertime. It's scorching 90 degrees. But I go on the field, and I'm talking to them, and, you know, Ingram goes off to the side for a few minutes, takes takes a drink, and Davis Webb is throwing and warming up kind of and is throwing at me a little bit. And I'm telling you, absolute bullets. The, the heat that he throws, the velocity that he throws that football is scary. And I'm sitting there catching it, right? And you're trying to catch it with your hands in front of you. And this is a real size NFL football, which by the way is pretty darn big. And I'm standing there catching the football. And my hands are starting to hurt. Like I'm, and I'm getting scared. I'm trying to catch the ball the whole time as he's throwing. And this is his warm up. He's not even really throwing hard for him. This is his warm up speed. And I'm sitting there trying to catch the ball like to the side of my head to make sure that if I miss one, it doesn't smack me in the face. That's the kind of arm that Davis Webb brings to the table. And you saw it. I mean, he was throwing when he actually went and started working with Evan Ingram. He's throwing just BBs around on the field, howitzers all over the place. And it was impressive. And the way he, even on the run, he's throwing like 90 mile per hour fastballs on the run. A guy at six foot five. So I was impressed at that point. So, you know, that, that was my first experience of Davis Webb. And it was impressive. The arm, the arm strength is to me the number one thing that stands out when I stand there. And watch Davis Webb. So, all right. That's pretty much going to wrap it up with this episode of Breaking Big Blue. But first, let me tell you this, right? Always feel free to reach out. I didn't get time in this episode to do some of the Giants After Dark questions. But I love your questions. And this summer, I'm taking it to a new level. Because I do this every summer. And it's sort of a, a internal evaluation of my own coverage. I go over kind of how I can do better what I can do better, what the people want. What what do you want from a Giants beat writer? What do you want from someone who's there all the time, who's supposed to be your eyes and ears? Because that's how I view my job. I'm your eyes and ears. You know, I'm around, I see more, I talk to more people than people than fans, than the general fan who's on the outside, the Giant fan who I'm trying to relay all this information to and weed out and decipher what is true what is not true, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. So I want to know from you this summer because I'm, I'm going to come up with a new plan of how to utilize certain social media platforms and how do you best utilize my time, my experience, uh, my skills to give you the best coverage possible. So I want as many suggestions as you have. You can reach out to me on Instagram, email, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere. 
feel free to reach out. I want your feedback. What do you want more of? What do you want less of? So hit me up. Let me know. And we'll try and get it accomplished this summer. So this season, this upcoming season, you get the best coverage I've ever given you. Because that's the goal. So let's do it. Aside from that, that's the end of this breaking big blue. I'm, of course, your host, Jordan Ronan. We'll be back soon because we got some summer, special summer episodes planned for you. And I can't wait. I got some really good ones, including where I'll tell that Eric Flowers story a bunch of people have asked. I'll give it in full. We'll have an episode with Dan Graziano, who's the most hated Giants beat writer, Dan or I. I can't wait. Can't wait for that one. That'll be, that should be a lot of fun. But we'll do it again soon. Thanks everyone for tuning in. I'm Jordan Ronan. This is Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.